Well, this is a very uh, a weighty, weighty, weighty scripture. Um, I, I, I know that I've spoken about it before. Um, I think the very first Sunday I was ever asked to step in and preach to this community, which would be in 2014, um, I, I spoke very clearly, I thought, <laughs> about the centrality of the Word of God and that to be a Christian is to become devoted to understanding and living by the Word of God. And we've been making a journey together, those of us that have been cooperating or participating in the daily, in the daily devotions. It's really an absolute surprise to me where the daily devotions are. I have been this week and where this Sunday's uh, gospel reading would be. They've, we've covered this if you've been praying along day by day. But before I step into this scripture, I'd like to just suggest um, that I would like partners. Um, I think of you, I think of the early community as my, my most, uh, um, I better be careful how I say this because it's being recorded. Um, I think of you as my traditional partners. And um, the tradition of Advent is so precious to me and it is almost gone. Um, we've, we've done things already this morning, prayed things and, and light, and have lit the candles, two of the candles this morning, because we are the remnant keeping Advent alive. Any, any believer or anyone seeking and questioning whether or not they're being called to be a believer could read all that we did before we read the gospel today. And if we paid close attention to what we prayed, we would have prayed the gospel. Um, and in the Advent Collect today, which calls us to fidelity to the Word of God, um, as did last week's Collect, the beginning of Advent, which said, get ready for the day of judgment. Get ready for it. We're still alive. The, the outcome of our life is still unknown. It can end well or it can end badly. And that collect every year on the first of Advent, of course, is an unwelcome collect to the world. The world does not want to hear the gospel. Because before the good news of the gospel comes, the gospel condemns the world. It points out that the world is going the wrong way. It points out that the institutions of the cultures of the world are not reinforcing the truth of God. It points out that there is time now, while we are in this mortal life, to put away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light and, and begin the journey that alone will lead us to life. And and those of us that keep Advent, we hear that every year. This year, I, I must say, I rejoice. I rejoice that this year, the second collect of Advent has been restored. This collect, which we have heard today, which speaks of reading, marking, learning, and inwardly digesting the Word of God, was 
placed as the second collect of Advent in 1549. 1549. Yes, 1549. And 530 years later, I'm not doing my math very well up here in front of you all. I might be wrong. In maybe 400, 430 years later, the Episcopal Church moved this collet and buried it somewhere in the middle of the summer. Now, the reason our forefathers in the faith and the Reformed faith that God granted to the people of the Church of England, our forefathers and the teachers and guides that gave us life in Christ Put this collect second because the only way to get ready for the final judgment is to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest what the scripture says. And so in the beginning of the journey that is the Anglican or the modern Anglican journey, if you can call modern 1549, you can actually in scholarly circles. The beginning of the journey of putting off what we need to put off and putting on what we need to put on is only understandable as we read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the Holy Scriptures. So it's a very, 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 very critical, critical reality that we are face to face with today. We've prayed that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. We've prayed it with our lips. Do we mean it? Do we mean it? To embrace it means not just to praise it. To embrace it means not just to read it. To embrace it means not just to understand it. To embrace it means to begin to live it to begin to live it. And that's a very, very critical reality. In fact, I'd argue that it's the heart of the reality of the distinction between those of us who are truly Christians and those of us who are not. Now, the three readings today are all about responding to the goodness of God. You see, the, the, the first two colleagues of Advent set us on a course. They're trying to set us on a course for a year of grace. The Christian calendar that our community has embraced for over a thousand years starts the year last Sunday. It, it begins a new year for us as Christian people. It's not the calendar year. It's not the tax year. It's, it's the Christian year. And it's designed to set us, again, to, 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 to want and to yearn for and to long for, as we sang even in the first hymn, uh, or maybe it's the, second, the ending hymn today. The joy of our hearts, the longing of our hearts, is to walk in the grace of God. The good news has come to us. We are not ignorant. And so we want to walk in that grace for a new year. And indeed, these two colleagues, the first two Sundays, bid us and call us to a life of living in that grace. Not just the next year, but a life, whatever life is left to us. Sometime very, very quickly after I was asked to be interim, 
I, I don't think it was very many weeks, the first person, and I've had a number come to me and say, we need a new name. And everyone that, that brought that to me um, felt that somehow to them, I don't say this is true for everyone or even that it's true, but just for them, the name signified division. It signified two communities for various reasons that divided from other Christians. And then in their need, were put together as one to survive. And so it's been interesting for almost two years now, from time to time, folks have said that. And the name that has come up repeatedly from different people is King of Grace. King of Grace, Anglican Church. I, I just, I lay it out there for you, as, and I'm sharing it. it it's, it's not, I'm not making it up. But the, the, the nature of today's scriptures are that we are to respond to the grace. We are, we, are, we, are, we are wanting to respond to God's grace. And so in, in, the, in the first reading from James, we are, we are bidden to, be, to allow the, the, the word of God to be so implanted in our hearts. That's just another way of saying we really embrace it. So implanted in our hearts that we become doers of the word of God and not just hearers. That's a response to grace. In the psalm, we are, we are told that we, we need God's help and he desires to instruct us in the way that we should go. And that's about how we respond to God's grace. Not hearing, but how do we now walk? How do we now live? How do we now speak? How do we now think? How do we now pray? How do we now relate to other people? I will instruct you, God says, in the way that you should go. And then Matthew, shockingly, painfully, harshly in some sense, says, not everyone will enter. Now, we know that. We've seen that before. There's a narrow gate and there's a wide gate. There's a narrow road and there's a wide road. And those who go the narrow gate and the narrow road are few. We've heard that before. So it's really easy for us when we're inside the household of faith, we're part of the external reality of the church to think it's all those people. But here Jesus says it's going to be some who say, but Lord, 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 um, we did mighty things on, in, on your behalf. We... We did, we did amazing things in your name. I never knew you. Now, the, the thing to notice, at least I believe, my heart is deeply pierced by this message. The thing to notice is it's because they didn't do the will of the Father. They did good things. Wouldn't it be good to be delivered from a demon? I'd like that. <laughs> you know, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be good to, 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 um, what, to hear a direct prophecy from the Spirit of God that was absolutely true for me? That would be wonderful. 
So it's not that these people were not doing good things. That's really important to, to face. Because they weren't doing God things. You see, the Lord God can tell me today to walk that way. And he can tell me tomorrow to walk that way. Because he's God. But if I've been walking that way because I thought he wanted me to, and he now tells me to go that way, and I don't turn, I may go right on preaching. I may go right on serving. I may go right on tithing and not be doing the will of my Father. Now, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, says, when that is the way we live to the end... We don't enter. We don't enter. So how do we know? Well, God has spoken. God has spoken to his people. And his words are words of wisdom. The Holy Scriptures have been given to the people of God to guide them aright. And when that failed, God sent the word incarnate in Jesus. The Father sent the Son in the flesh to pull back all his people who were going astray. And that truth now endures until the end of all things. To go astray from the teaching of Jesus is to put your life in peril. It's to put your family in peril. It's to put your marriage in peril. It's to put your business in peril. It's ultimately to put your life everlastingly in peril. And Christians are the people who know that. Christians are the people who have been made aware that God has spoken through his son, Jesus Christ. And to neglect or to turn away or to not know or to not care about what Jesus says is to put your everlasting soul in jeopardy. And so Advent comes around. And Advent calls us back and it says, now take some time, y'all. Pay attention. The passage of a lifetime goes like that. Why has the world been so traumatized for the last two years? They've been traumatized because they are afraid to die. They are afraid for anyone they love to die. But Jesus Christ, our Lord, has told us this life is a beginning. It's not an end. I am vaccinated, by the way. Yeah, I need to get some laughter in here if I can. It's a serious message, beloved. I remember some years ago, I, 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 was, I was struggling. I was struggling with a sense that God was wanting something of me that I did not want. <clears throat> strongly did not want. 
And part of paying attention to what I thought God was saying was getting to know the new bishop of South Carolina, Mark Lawrence, who I'd, I'd known as an acquaintance, but not well. And um, I saw that he was coming to visit the parish, and, and so I came to the Starbucks church um, the, when we were in the building up the street on a Sunday when Bishop Mark came. And I don't remember if there were any young people confirmed. I, I really cannot remember. I just remember that it was packed. Uh, it was really, really full. The bishop preached a long sermon, <laughs> as bishops are wont to do. And then he called for commitment. And to my astonishment, I, 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 would, I would say I might be underestimating 75% of the men and women in that room that day got up and went forward to be prayed for by Bishop Mark. I was stunned uh, because I, I thought the room was full of believers. And um, the reason to go forward uh, is either you've fallen away or you desperately are aware you need to reconfirm your promise to follow the Lord Jesus Christ because all that meant that day for anyone already baptized and already a believer is I want to renew my commitment publicly to follow Jesus Christ and Him alone. And I thought, what a parish. I, I did. I, I was really moved by it. I've never liked the, um, the idea that when we've made a solemn commitment, we keep renewing it. I've never liked that idea. I'm not saying it's wrong. I've just never liked it. I've always felt like, well, if you committed yourself to be a Marine, you don't have to keep committing yourself to be a Marine. You're going to be one, dang it, for the rest of your life. I, have, I say that as an Army guy, right, the Marines, to a Marine over here. Um, I really think having promised to be faithful to Cynthia, I don't need to keep promising it. I need to be faithful. I don't feel like I need to renew my priestly vows every year, as some traditions do, because I meant it when I promised to give my life as a priest of the church. And I, I think that's the heart of what it means for all of us that we have committed ourselves to the Lord. And so this Advent, we need to examine our lives, every one of us, me first of all, that, that what I want more than anything else is to be found on that day hearing the words, come in, enter in to the joy of your master. Now, I'll circle all the way back and try to end with Advent. I find great joy in Advent. But my experience of the last week is that the world wants to steal my joy. And I have let it this last week. I've been fussy. I've been irritated. I've been mad. <laughs> um, 
because the people around me in this town don't seem to be focused on Jesus. They're running red lights. They're not taking shopping carts to the spot where they're supposed to be put back. They're being grouchy and grumbly at the grocery store. They don't know how to count to 10. You know what I mean? That one aisle? Yeah. 56 things in the basket before me. All right. All right. So I want to appeal to you, and I ask God's grace for myself. Don't let the world steal your joy this Advent. We who keep Advent are holding back the absolute delight that Christmas is to us. We're, 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 we're delaying our gratification just a little bit for a few weeks. Not because we're grumpy, not because we're grouchy, not because we're whatever, but because the joy is so unspeakable to us who have come to a living faith in Christ Jesus. We want to just hold back until we blow off the roof on Christmas Eve. But a piece of Advent for a faithful Christian is hearing the gospel that we heard today that, that we want with all our hearts to enter into the, to the life that God has for us and that that means we have to be men and women who follow and live by the will of the Father as made known through Jesus his Son and as written for us for our learning in the Word of God. So if you need to, renew your commitment to the Word of God. If you need to, begin to find a way toward a daily discipline in the Word of God. If you need to, find another person or two who want to walk that path with you. May 2022 be for all of us a grateful, wonderful, grace-filled year in which we are responding to that grace with all our hearts. Let us pray. Lord, you are a good God. And you give, you give to us all that we have, our very lives. We, we have nothing that has not come to us from your hands of grace. Help us, Lord, to not forget. Help us to respond faithfully, lovingly, loyally, regularly, daily to that grace. Give us a new start in this Advent, all of us, for a wonderful year of grace coming and a remainder of our lives, lives of grace. Teach us, instruct us in the way that we should go and use your word, Lord, to be our guide. For we ask it most solemnly and most faithfully in your holy name. Amen. Amen.